0: You're listening to the Broncos Audio Zone. Hello, and thank you for joining us here on the Broncos Audio Zone. I'm Phil Milani. joined as always by Eric Dalala. Eric, uh, once again, we have another episode of Broncos Country Throwback. Yeah, last week, Phil, we heard from Carl Mecklenburg. He chatted with former head of PR Jim Sakamano, And this week, we're going to be hearing from... 11-year Bronco, Steve Foley. Uh, He was a member of the Orange Crush defense and really excited to hear from him and about his draft process. Jim, uh, take it away. We're talking today with Steve Foley, one of the all-time great Denver Bronco defensive backs and uh, one of my favorite players of all time. Actually, Steve, so you got drafted in 1975, and, um, you know, tell us a little bit about before the draft. I mean before before. You're a New Orleans guy. You went to Jesuit High. Then you went to Tulane. Tell us a little bit about how those things all developed.
1: Well, you you know, in high school I was pretty young. I uh, I was 16 years old as a senior in high school. And uh, I was a little bit young, so I was uh, undeveloped. I had two brothers that had scholarships to Tulane, which was about uh, 10 blocks from our home where we, where we grew up. And uh, my younger brother still lives in that same house that he bought from my parents. And uh, so we had two other brothers with scholarships at Tulane, but I was a little undersized. I was only 5'11 as a senior as a quarterback and uh, but I grew pretty fast in um, as a freshman and I got up to about six one six two you know 185 something like that and um, you know wound up starting as a you couldn't you couldn't start as a freshman I don't I wouldn't have started anyway but um, I uh, I wound up starting some as a sophomore and uh, and junior and senior And uh, started there, and uh, you know we had a pretty good team at uh, at Tulane, but uh, it was funny because the Denver Broncos came to weigh and run certain players, and I was one of them.
0: And And this is before the combine, of course.
1: There was yeah, there were no combines back then. I don't think if there was Uh -uh. one, I never got invited. And so. yeah, and and so they were sitting there, and they asked me if I'd get on the scale, and I said, you know what, I'm really not interested.
0: And I <laughs> had, uh,
1: I I had, you know, we were nine and two my jun- junior year, my senior year, we were five and zero, oh, and I I I fractured my um, my fibula and, uh, and and my ankle, and I didn't play the rest of the year, so I I thought I was pretty much done. And wasn't ready to run anyway uh, for time, and so when they asked me that, I was like, Nah, I'm not really interested. Can we weigh you? And nah, I'm not interested in playing football. And they said, Well, Coach Ralston thinks a lot of you. John Ralston was the the head coach then, and uh, right he said you know he thinks a lot of you and he, i said yeah well tell him thank you i appreciate it but i'm not interested and so <laughs> i never i never did weigh a run from for him and um i was listening to the draft just for the heck of it on draft day
0: with my and you got best draft on day 2 right
1: yeah on, on and we were just working out in this friend of ours a garage that had a weight set there and we were just working out and stuff and listening to the draft. And I think we hear my name and he goes, I think we just heard you got drafted. I said, no, I don't think. He goes, yeah, you did. And he goes, you got drafted in the eighth round. And I said, really, you for sure. You heard that nobody had called nobody even, even said anything. You just heard that. And then maybe later somebody uh, called me and said, hey, congratulations. Not even that day, I don't think.
0: Mm-hmm. And so
1: I was, I was thinking, well, you know what, maybe maybe I will do it. And if I happen to make the team, I'll play for a couple of years. And then uh, I had a lot of interest in uh, business was my uh, degree, but I, I was always
0: interested in business, uh, whether degree didn't- or not. Didn't you, uh, you, your first year at the Broncos was like 76. Didn't you go to like the world football league or something first?
1: Yes. I, I went
0: to a, I went to a training,
1: uh, to a mini camp when we got together. And honestly, you know, when I got there, I thought, man, you're in over your head. These guys are incredible right. specimens. And, um, Louis Wright was the first round draft pick, and yeah, you can't I compare mean, yourself physically there. Nah, you know we had Rick Upchurch, who you know was phenomenal. Reuben Carter, who I had a bone to pick with at Miami because they got a fifth down and beat Tulane on a fifth down in uh, in Miami, my uh, my uh, junior year or sophomore year. And uh, but anyway, I go I go to training camp. And um, the World Football League offers me a no-cut contract, and I went, well, I can't get cut, so I'm going to get my salary, and maybe they'll let me play quarterback. Because Denver seemed to – they had drafted a, in the third round, I believe, Mike Frank Koviak.
0: Yeah, real stiff. And, uh, I
1: think Central Michigan guy, though. Yeah, Central Michigan had a had a big-time arm and,
0: uh, you know. No offense, big, but he couldn't play. Yeah, couldn't
1: play, yeah. Yeah, and so I did not even get to warm up at quarterback, and that's all I played in college and high school. So I'm like, really? I don't even get to to warm up to show you my arm or whatever, and it's probably better (laughs) that 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 happened. But in all respects, the World Football League said, come on, we'll give you a no-cut contract for about the same thing as the NFL was going to give you and i went there and it was uh i met some great guys johnny robinson who just got in for whom into the did you who did you play for
0: steve who'd you i play played for
1: jacksonville express uh huh and a guy a guy who was head coach his name was charlie kate and uh george myra was the quarterback for for our team he was uh you know an older at that time he was 33 34 30 maybe 36 i don't know had played for san francisco and miami and um so I, I got five days at quarterback and then they moved me to defense and, uh, everybody want, they did not want quarterbacks that could run. They wanted quarterbacks that were big stand in the pocket guys. I understood that. And so I went over to defense, did the best that I could, had a fantastic coach in Johnny Robinson who just got inducted into the hall of fame as, you know, mm-hmm. for the Kansas city chiefs. And, uh, was phenomenal as a coach and uh, really taught me the mental aspects of of playing uh, defensive back and how I had to think and not let it get to me and uh, if you got beat or anything like that. He, He was just a great
0: mentor for me. You know, you and Johnny Robinson combined for almost 100 interceptions in your careers. He, uh, he, yeah, Johnny
1: was. He, yeah, I thought Johnny was in the hall. He had over fifty.
0: You had forty-four. No, he is in the hall of fame. But I mean, you he yeah. had over fifty no. picks. and you had forty-four. Yeah, I think he had
1: fifty-seven or something like
0: that. So something maybe, like that. And,
1: yeah. No, maybe he just was over a hundred. Yeah, he was great. He he was great. I thought he was in the hall of fame back. He is. When I was. No, oh, no, no, no. Now. he, he nothing, just got right. he just got inducted. But I thought he was
0: he was in the hall of fame back then. I said, man, Johnny Robinson was. Just Good as it was, now, and had so then how'd you get back to the? How'd you get back to the Broncos that second year after you've already been a Bronco draftee, but you played played in the World Football League?
1: Well, um, it was interesting, uh, and you, you recall Carol Hardy, you know, director of play oh, personnel course. Yeah. at that time, and Car- Carol would show up at my games in the in the in the World Football League, and he'd say, you know, you could be you could be playing for us right now, you could be starting. And, uh, not at corner, but at safety. And I was starting at corner, uh, in the WFL. And I just politely said, man, look, I I really love it here. And, uh, I'm enjoying it. You know, that, that league lasted 11 games and they had the rights to me, but I I think he came to three or four games to watch me play. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then they just had the rights to me. I couldn't come back to any other team, uh, the Canadian Football League team. And Marv Levy was with the Montreal Alouettes, and they brought me up there to because uh, they were playing for the Grey Cup, and they brought me up there after the season for Jacksonville folded and uh, asked me to sign with them to play defensive back uh, through the Grey Cup championship, which I, I believe they won. They had Johnny Rogers on the team and some great players. And uh, the only reason I didn't sign with them is they said uh, it precluded me from uh, from going to the NFL. And they said, "No, if you sign with us, you got to sign up for multiple years." And I said, "No, thank you, Coach. Uh, I'm gonna go try my my uh, I'm gonna go try my luck in with the NFL and the Broncos. I couldn't go to any other team. So that's how I ended up there. And I remember Louis Laugh and Louis Wright." laughing, going, man, where did you go? Everybody was asking, where? (laughs) You showed up (laughs) at minicamp, and then you don't show up for training camp.
0: But uh, anyway, it was I remember on draft day when I I mentioned to Bob Peck, our PR director, who eventually hired me, I said, what are they looking for on day two? And he said, you know, there's a quarterback at Tulane – showing that he's not a true Southerner, because otherwise we know it's Tulane. My wife is from New Orleans. (laughs) But uh, he said there's a quarterback at Tulane they think might be a safety. And um, if anything, and I know you would never overstate yourself, but you're our all-time interception leader with 44, a record that, in my opinion, will never be broken.
1: Well, thank you for that, but you know, every record will, will will get broken. I I know that guys travel all around um so frequently now and get, you know, salary capped out and and uh you know, capped out for making too much money and they get traded and what have you. But uh man, I sure enjoyed playing for Joe Collier, you know, yeah. who was man, one of the all-time genius uh, defensive coordinators uh, ever around. He and um, Bill Onsbarger at that time, and he was just he was just inventing defenses as we were going, and there were a few of them that he invented that everybody well, plays today.
0: You know, we all know Champ Bailey how great he is. He had eight seasons with the Broncos with two or more interceptions. You had nine.
1: Yeah, uh, you, you know you one
0: more than than Champ. Yeah, and uh that
1: was uh you know Champ's champs
0: of he's he's, he's now, the best
1: corner that I, that I've ever seen.
0: He was All great. Around. I was uh, I was talking to a, a mutual friend Bill Harpole who had a variety sure. of roles with the Broncos. I mentioned I was going to be talking to you and he said, "Tell Fred I said hello." <laughs> so, I've got to ask you here, explain yes. To our fans who are listening to this podcast, why among the Bronco players you had the nickname Fred? Well, it comes from the dubious
1: honor of my first play when Calvin Jones, who was a starting corner, got hurt. We were playing the Oakland Raiders out in Oakland, and I lined up on Fred Bolitnikoff. And uh, he was a tremendous Hall of Famer and uh, wasn't very fast. And I just remember going, man, he's easy to cover because he's just not fast, you know. But, boy, could he get open. Anyway, we're there on about the 20-something yard line, I think, and Stabler puts one up down the sideline. We're in bump and run, and I'm ahead of uh, Bolitnikoff and it's coming right to me. And I'm looking at it, and I'm going, man, I'm going to get an interception first play. And he waits. The ball's inside, and he's outside of me, so I got, I got, I got inside position. So I'm thinking he can't even get to it. Well, he just very slightly slowed down, just a half a step, and jumped before I could get it. And I'm waiting for the ball. Being a quarterback, I hadn't really adjusted to defensive back, which the number one rule is always get it at its highest point. Don't wait for it to come down for receivers just like that. Anyway, he and I stumble into the end zone. I got half the ball. He's got half the ball. The ref looks at us with both our hands on the football and stick them all over me everywhere. From Fred <laughs> Voletnikoff, he was disgusting to play because you put your hands on him and you got this pine tar stuff all over you. And uh, he's got the ball, I got the ball, and they give it to the offense, touchdown. And my roommate, Kurt Knopf, was a second-round pick.
0: University of Kansas? Uh,
1: that's right. A great. He would have been a great safety.
0: He yeah, really he got hurt too but, bad.
1: He got hurt in his last year at Kansas and uh, had a bum knee and played a few years with Minnesota after that. But uh, anyway, Kurt started calling me Freddy. just trying to aggravate me, you know, and he wasn't playing. And I'm saying, yeah, it's easy to say you're not playing. So you got no nickname right now. But he made sure that everybody knew that my nickname was Fred. And uh, I got to tell that story to Fred Belitnikoff in person one time at a flag football game. And uh, I said, man, thanks a lot for that nickname
0: that, that, uh, <laughs> that I got from you, Freddie. Now, you went on with Joe Collier as defensive coordinator to be part of one of the great defenses really in NFL history, the Orange Crush, and uh, lead the Broncos to the Super Bowl, Super Bowl XII in 1977. What about your memories of that, Steve? Whoa, what a, what a team. What a defense.
1: And uh, I mean, you look at the guys that we played with uh, on that on that defense, man. Just across the board: Ruben Carter, Barney Chavis, Lalo Zito, uh, Rulon. I think
0: Rulon was in there. Um,
1: no, Rulon was not. No, he came. He, he came. But short you played with a lot of guys, guys, so it's was Banner, a John Grant. Were, mm-hmm. were were there with a
0: with a um,
1: the because we used to rotate quite a bit, and of course, you know. Randy Gratisharv, Joe Rizzo, Tom Jackson, Bob
0: Swenson. Bob Swenson? Yeah, you know,
1: and and, uh, Louis Wright and me playing corners, and Bernard Jackson playing free, and Billy Thompson playing strong. And, man, it was just a fast defense, very fast, very disciplined. And Joe had us all with, I mean, assignments that you had to follow to the T, or he would get somebody else. He would always tell you, if you can't follow your assignment, we'll get somebody else that will. And he liked he liked players that played smart and aggressive and hit and run. And, uh, man, we had it in spades.
0: He also liked safeties who kind of started off as corners, and you were one of those. He did. He, he, he always tried to get,
1: like Dennis Smith when he came in there, Billy Thompson played corner for a little bit um Mike Hart played corner Mike Harden he he me he would move guys in from corner because it was uh, it's almost impossible to go from safety to corner just because of the the speed and uh you know the technique and and the reps that you get every day it's almost impossible to do that but you find corners that can move in and some corners
0: don't like to move in,
1: you know, they don't, they don't, they don't fit the safety game uh, very, very well. But, uh, you know, it was, he, he liked that because you really knew what the corners were up against in certain coverages, especially man to man and not to leave them uh, naked uh, or uncovered. You know, if you had deep posts, you better be there for your, for your corners. And um uh, so it was tremendous, tremendous learning for me. And Joe, Joe was just a tremendous teacher and mentor. And uh, and Richie McCabe, my my individual coach, Merle Moore, Stan Jones, those coaches were phenomenal on that defense. Yeah, that was I loved that it. was quite a unit. Um, and of course, Tom no, Jackson, the heart and soul of the uh, yeah. of the defense, the the motor, and Randy. Swans and Rizzo was the rebel. And, uh, but it was, it was just a phenomenal time,
0: you know, a phenomenal um, time for the city. Oh, it was a fabulous time. It was actually part of the growth of the city as a city and certainly as a sports town. Yeah. It was incredible. Um, Steve, you mentioned to me once that if you had one regret, it's that you never got to play quarterback in the NFL. But I've got a question. Did the Broncos ever let you line up at quarterback, whether in preseason or not, for one play?
1: You know, not that I recall, and there was one game. There was one game where our two quarterbacks got knocked out. And I was sitting there, and it was Chris Norman who went to Dan Reeves College. South Carolina mm-hmm. and he was a high school quarterback and I walked over to Dan and I'm like, coach, I, I can call my own plays. I don't even need you to send me in on a play. I can do sprint mm-hmm. outs. I can do certain, I, I don't, I don't really have to uh, think about it too much. And he put Chris Norman in there and I was,
0: <laughs> I was kicked. To tell you the truth, dick. Chris Norman was so shy I'm surprised he could even call the signals. You know what? I think he was terrified. Oh, he, he must have been terrified, in college, Steve.
1: And they just handed off the ball a couple of times. And, you know, me being a, uh, a defensive player,
0: I'm like, come on, let's go. Let's go.
1: Let's go try mm-hmm. and score. Let's go do something. Yeah. But, no, I, I, I didn't. I was disaster quarterback a lot of the time. They They used to, you know, Red used to. Uh, run me at that and make me take a few snaps and practice and and dan too but no nah, not in the game
0: you um and, you told me one, right you
1: know, for, you're so.
0: you're one of 12 you're one of 12 siblings 13 born and raised in new Orleans, huh one of 13 one of 13 forgive me one of 13 yeah. siblings born and raised in new orleans and i remember when you when you retired you went back to new orleans and i thought well we're not going to see Steve Foley again because that's where all of his family is. Then you and your lovely wife Cindy, after a few years, came back. And I remember asking you, why did you come back? And you said, because after a while there, we sort of looked at each other and said, Denver is our home. And you came back to Denver.
1: You know, and that and that is the truth. Uh,
0: it well, you
1: said it, so I figured it was. Well, you know, you, and you know, you think I always wanted to go back. Uh, to New Orleans Jim I always wanted to go back there And be around family and that But when I got mm-hmm. back there I just didn't feel right It was like Why am I here When We love Colorado The mountains and, and especially to raise a family We were like You know New Orleans can be a pretty rough place Growing up And uh, You know We were fortunate To not get caught up in the streets of New Orleans And um but I didn't want to take that chance with my kids. Yeah, people can get in trouble anywhere, you know. But sure. we we just loved Colorado. And so it wasn't long. We were there for a little bit, and I started a business with my brother. And, and then I, I'm i like, you can have this. Let's We're going back to uh, Denver. Well, and he asked me, what are you going to do? And I said, I don't know. But I just know I'm not supposed to
0: be here. Well, I'll tell you what, Steve. We are – fortunate and honored to have you not only as a Bronco player with your great career, but to have you as a Bronco forever. I mean, you've been on the Alumni Council. You've been such a special part of everything we've done. Um, Yeah, I I can't say enough about you and, and the relationship that you were kind enough to have with me. And, uh, well, you are truly an all time great Bronco. And uh, anytime I get a chance to promote you, I promote the heck out of number 43. Well,
1: Jim, I, I, I appreciate that. And you know, I feel the same way about you having that history with you all along and watching you. You, you were always, uh, a total gentleman. You were always on the ball. You never let anything slip, uh, through the cracks at all. And, uh, I've always, uh, loved, uh, knowing you and, and, and just having you as a friend.
0: Well, thank you. you, but I, w- I wasn't fishing for compliments, but uh, I know that, really, but you know what, really you're one of the you. few
1: guys, you're one of the few guys that I can go back and go back all the way through my career and go, that guy was there. I knew him when, and you've always remained the same.
0: That's And, what I and by the way, you, you mentioned raising your kids here. Uh, one of them went to Stanford. One of them went to CSU. So you and Cindy did very well in that department, too.
1: We are blessed, no doubt about yeah, it. We, we are, all we are. have are. been blessed.
0: Yeah. Steve, it's a, it's a pleasure and an honor to talk to you, and uh, I hope the fans listening to this podcast have enjoyed listening to it as much as I've enjoyed doing it with uh, with the legendary Steve Foley.
1: Well, Sacco, as your nickname is, uh, hmm. we appreciate that. Thank you.
0: That was Jim's conversation with Steve Foley, a former eighth-round draft pick. Way back in the 1975 NFL draft. Phil, just like last week, some really great stories there, and hopefully, people enjoyed his conversation. Yeah, and hopefully, uh, everybody's been enjoying this new podcast here on the Broncos Audio Zone. You can uh, find this everywhere you find your favorite podcasts on TuneIn, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And we hope to have uh, many more great conversations just like this one coming up in the next several weeks. And uh for Jim Sakamano, Eric Dolala, I'm Phil Milani. Uh, thank you for tuning in.